The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. My name is Steven. I'm your host. I'm the fanboy who is just. And here's the thing. I like talking about comics and movies and all the stuff there I said at the beginning that I say at the beginning of every episode. Lately, I feel like I've been talking about comics more than anything. But you know what? Next month, we're going to see the release of season two of The Mandalorian. So I think we're going to get a little TV in there at that point. But that's not what I'm here about today. I want to talk about Wonder Woman Dead Earth, the series, the four issue limited series that DC put out. I talked about the first issue back in January. I don't remember what episode that is off the top of my head. It's in season two, but it was back in January, I think the end of January. And this book was written, created. He, This guy did everything except for the colors and the letters. And that's Daniel Warren Johnson. He, I am a huge fan of this guy ever since I read Murder Falcon back in 2019. In fact, the first episode of Just Another Fanboy, I'm talking about Murder Falcon. Check it out. I love that book. And so after I read Murder Falcon, I just went out and looked, what other stuff does he have out? And he didn't have a lot. He had a webcomic called Space Mullet, which very early in his career, uh, I tried to read it. I didn't get that far into it. It doesn't look a lot like what his art is now. He also did art for a book. Oh my gosh, I can't even think of the name of that book now, but I, it was still somewhat, I don't know if somebody else was inking him. I don't know, but it's not as, it's not as dynamic as the art that he does now. But I did find out that he did a book called Extremity for Image Comics, and they had collected that in two trades. So I went out and I read that. And in fact, he, okay, so he does the the writing, the penciling, the inking. And then he's got a guy, Mike Spicer. He does the coloring. He did the coloring in Murder Falcon. He did the coloring for Extremity. And he does the coloring on Wonder Woman Dead Earth. And they just fit together like peas and carrots, I'm telling you. Like apple pie and sliced cheese. Apparently that's a thing. I've never had it myself, but apparently that's a thing. I frankly, I like my apple pie with nothing else on it. Same thing with my cake. People try to give me ice cream with my cake at somebody's birthday and I slap it out of their hands. What are you doing? I don't even care for ice cream cake. I'll eat it if that's all there is. But if you're going to give me a slice of cake and then try to throw a scoop of ice cream on the top of it, I'm going to slap it out of your hands. Not really. That's, that would be really rude, wouldn't it? Anyway... Wonder Woman Dead Earth was a four-issue limited series. Again, Daniel Warren Johnson writing, art, inks, Mike Spicer on colors, and then Russ Wooten did the letters. And uh, this came out through DC's Black Label publication. I, I, I lost the word there for a second. There, wow, I can't think of that word. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. But it's basically Black Label is, think of... If you remember DC Vertigo, it was like more grown up. I, I don't like saying grown up. I also don't like saying adult 
because you say, here's an adult book, people think you're going to be reading some porn. But it was more, it was, basically it was the rated R version of DC, but they didn't have, Vertigo was outside of DC continuity. They didn't do Superman DC Vertigo books and whatnot. Black Label, however, they are doing more mature books, but they're using the DC char- the main DC characters, but they're they're in their own world. It's it's their own universe. There's not like a black label universe, but each black label book, I guess, creates another world in the DC universe. Now, this one, in this book, it's like I said, it's about Wonder Woman, and it's set in the future. It's it's post-apocalyptic. So there is nothing I love more than a good post-apocalyptic story. And um there's also nothing I love more at this point than a good Daniel Warren Johnson book. So combine them both together and I'm there. Now, I'm not the biggest. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not a Wonder Woman fan. I've read Wonder Woman. I've collected Wonder Woman titles in the past. Wonder Woman is typically not my go-to. I think certain people write Wonder Woman very well and certain people do not. Um, I really like the whole warrior Wonder Woman carrying a sword and a shield and just generally kicking butt. I like where they kind of put her when you talk about the whole DC Trinity. You've got Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And they all basically, they kind of represent different aspects of the DC universe. Superman is the, he's the hope. Batman is, he's the anti-Superman. He is the, the down in the dark sewers he goes the places that nobody else is going to go and then but but still he has a moral compass he gets dark he will go into areas and do things that superman would never do but he does have a line he does not kill wonder woman on the other hand wonder woman will kill if if she feels it's necessary and she has done so in the past but this book this particular book okay so like i said it's set in the future post-apocalyptic there is you start out with a group of people this uh kind of a group of uh, hunter gatherers they've left their little community their little place of safety and they're out rummaging they're out trying to scavenge to find something to bring back to their little community to, you know, something that can help food, medicine, whatever. You see it in The Walking Dead all the time. They're always out scavenging, going into buildings and looking for canned goods and prescription drugs and stuff that'll help keep them going. And we learn right away that there is a very real threat to their lives in this world that they call Hydra. They are just basically big, giant, well, not giant, not always giant. Some of them are the size of, of, of a human being. Some of them are like the size of a bear. Some of them are bigger than a whale. But they're just these really savage, bloodthirsty monsters, mindless killing machines. And in the first issue, our group, um, our group of characters run into one of these monsters. And as they are escaping from it, they fall into a pit. Well, we find out that they are around Gotham City or what used to be called, what used to be Gotham City. They refer to it as Old Gotham, which I I have to admit, I'm not a big fan of that. Whenever they, you get into a post-apocalyptic, we got New Gotham and Old Gotham, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to get past that. But we find out they're in the Batcave and there is a big, like very, it's like a, uh, like one of those big coffin freezers, one of those big suspended animation people freezers. And they're running from this monster And out of this 
big coffin freezer thing comes Wonder Woman and she's in this this uh, like head to toe silver bodysuit and she kills the the monster and saves the saves the humans. But right away she realizes that something's wrong. She's not as strong as she used to be. And she doesn't understand how she got there. She's got this, she's got memory loss. She's got a, a a drop in powers. She doesn't know what's going on. She realizes she's in the Batcave. They find Batman dead on a couch. He's just a skeleton in a costume at this point. And so she goes around the Batcave. She she she's asking everybody, you know, what what's what's going on? Can you fill me in? What's what's the deal here? Because I just I don't know how long I've been in this thing. I don't remember anything about the world before I got in here. I don't know how I got to this point. I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of freaking out. And so they explained to her that many generations ago there was a big war and that their grandparents' grandparents or something referred to the Great Fire, which turned the world into this desolate wasteland. And you can see she's at one point up in Wayne Manor because, you know, Wayne Manor, in, the, in, in certain comic books, not in all the comic books and not in all the movies, but Wayne Manor is basically built on top of the Batcave. And so she goes up there and there's a whole section of outside wall of Wayne Manor just missing. And she's standing on the edge of... Wayne Manor up on like the second or third floor, just looking out to barren wasteland, just cratered, rocky, not even desert. It's just like shale. It's like just, well, a dead earth. And they explained to her that, you know, this all happened way in the past. They don't, they weren't around when it happened. They weren't born. They basically inherited this world. And, uh, they're just trying to get by. They have this community called Camp New Hope, and they were out trying to scavenge stuff for the camp and bring stuff back to the the leader, Thaden, I think his name was. And uh, she tells them that all she can remember is that she doesn't remember how the earth got this way. She remembers the earth as it was before all this happened. And she tells them that her, she was a hero. She protected the earth. And they're like, well, obviously you didn't do a good job of it. So they're getting ready to head back. She goes into Wayne Manor. She's, she's walking around the bat cave and she finds uh, various things to, uh, clothe herself in. She's looking more like Wonder Woman. She she realizes she doesn't have the bracelets. She calls them gauntlets, but she realizes she doesn't have the bracelets anymore. She doesn't know where they are. She doesn't have her lasso. She finds she finds a sword and she puts on Batman's utility belt and then she comes back to them and she says, "I'm do you guys mind if I come with you?" And they say, "No, sure, come along." And when they get to the outskirts of Camp New Hope, she finds out that they the these people and I'm just, I'm not forgetting, I'm not remembering their names and that's just driving me crazy. I did not, sometimes I prepare very well for these episodes and sometimes I just don't. Uh, and I didn't prepare for this one at all. I just wanted to talk about it. I just want to talk about the book and why I loved it. Not every aspect of the book and, you know, this is not a, I'm going to pour over every panel type of episode. But they get back to Camp New Hope. She finds out that, Wonder Woman finds out that they are tricking her and one of them creeps up behind her with a big club. She, of course, expects that. And when she turns to to grab the club from this person, one of the others jabs her in the neck with a needle and knocks her out. And so she's brought before the, the leader of Camp New Hope. And uh, he decides to take her as his next wife, which, of course, does not make her happy. She has... Like I said, she's lost some of her powers, but she's still really strong. She's just not as the level she used to be. 
and so she kind of throws them around a bit and a bunch of guards come in and overpower and he tells them, take her down to the pit. She's going to fight the creature. And so there's this scene like straight out of Gladiator where she's in, a, in, an, in an arena and she has to fight this monster. And we find out that the monster is Cheetah, her, one of her, you know, rogues, gal- rogues gallery villains, Cheetah, Barbara, something or other. But she's very mutated. So she's, she's lived however long, hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't know. They said grandparents, grandparents. That's a couple hundred years at least. Um, she's still alive. But we find out that she, at some point, was experimented on, and maybe that's what gave her long life. I don't know if the whole being part cheetah thing is what gave her long life, but she's all, she's freaking all mutated up. She, one of her arms is like freaking Voltron. It's a cheetah arm, and instead of a hand, it's a cheetah head, and with a mouth, and it's like freaking Voltron, but with the real cheetah. And an entire side of her face, her 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 mouth extends along the entire side of her face with these just these big jagged teeth, like not not just like sticking straight out of her mouth. It's really weird. I'll put some images up. I'll definitely be putting some images up on Twitter and Instagram, Stephen or else. Look for it. But she recognizes Cheetah. She recognizes Barbara, and Barbara eventually recognizes her. And Diana's like, look, we don't have to fight. Diana, by the way, is Wonder Woman, if you're not aware. Diana's like, look, we don't have to do this, Barbara. And Barbara's like, you don't know what they've done to me. I I have to do this. I I have no choice. Well, as they're fighting and the crowds are watching, a army of these monsters attack Camp New Hope and just overwhelms the the border, the, the guards that are on the wall because they don't, they basically just have swords and spears at this point. And so this wave of monsters come pouring over the walls of this arena and Wonder Woman basically rallies everybody together. She just starts kicking some freaking butt, rallies everybody together, saves the day. And everybody is so impressed by this that just like that, they're in her corner and she's now the leader of Camp New Hope and... She decides she wants to help these people, and the only way that she can help them is to take them someplace safe. And the safest place she knows is Amazon Island, Themyscira. And so she decides we're all going to go to Themyscira. And so everybody loads up, and uh, she asks Thaden, the 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 guy who was running Camp New Hope, even though he's kind of a jerk. She's like, "Look, you ran. Even though you're a jerk, and and you did some." unspeakable things. Um, you did run this place for a while. I do, if, if you're willing to help, I could use your help to get us there. And finally he agrees and he's like, okay, well, if you go to this, to this building or whatever, there, there are some gas powered vehicles, you know, that'll help get some of the elderly and the children, you know, as we, we make this trek. And so they, they trek cross country, they get to the coast. One of these humans from the, from the camp has built a small boat. And so Wonder Woman and a couple of the others get in this boat. They cross the ocean. They find Themyscira. She finds her mother. She finds the place in ruins, finds her mother. And her mother, she learns, because we only see her mother from like the, the, the waist up for a bit. But then it pulls, but then she comes out of the shadows. And she's one of these monsters. And so we learn that at one point in the past, mankind went to war against the Amazons. Now, I honestly don't remember if they explain why, but they went to war, missiles were fired, raining down nuclear fire, and all of these monsters, these Hydra, 
they're all Amazons. So Wonder Woman has been out protecting mankind, killing these monsters, unknowingly killing her sisters. And so that freaks her out. Um, Now, throughout all this whole series, we're also getting little flashbacks of when Wonder Woman was young and everything was right with the world. And her mother tells her how she created her out of clay. And we learn she is she's um, in training with one of the Amazons, Nubia, I think her name is. And. They're, they're doing these, this train, this fighting, this training exercise and they're fighting and Wonder Woman loses her temper. She's, she's maybe a, like, like a 10, 11 years old at this point. She loses her temper and nearly kills Nubia. She just, you find out that Wonder Woman, at least in this world, in this world that has been created for the black label, I still can't think of that freaking word, banner, I'll call it. Wonder Woman is actually way more powerful than she's ever been portrayed in any of the comics. And that it's actually her bracelets that hold her powers back. Nubia comes to her at one point and she says, look, I've made these gauntlets. Again, they call them gauntlets. we, We have these magic gauntlets and they will help you control your power. They'll basically back your power down and make it so you'll never lose control again. But you have to choose to put them on. And once you put them both on, you'll be able to control your powers and you won't, you won't be overwhelmed again. And of course she agrees because she almost killed Nubia during their, during their training exercise. Well, you learn that the whole reason, uh, Diana's mom, Hippolyta is telling Nubia, like when she created Diana, it's like the whole reason the Amazons came to Themyscira is that the gods betrayed them and the gods, um, got the gods and mankind, did not treat them well. You get the sense, they don't come out and say it, but you get the sense that there was some, maybe some kind of uh, sexual abuse. Um, so they escape from the world of men and they 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 come to Themyscira. And then at some point, Hippolyta either throws a party or, or goes to a party that all the gods are there. They're having this big, rousing, drunken party. And when all the gods pass out, she goes to each one with a knife and she slits open their hand or their arm or whatever, and she collects blood from each one of the gods. And then that's what she uses with the clay to create Diana. And that's why she's so freaking super powerful. So that will come into play later. That that plays a huge part in this story. And it's actually a part in this story that just almost breaks your heart. But she finds out, so first we get that first ax to the heart, which is, All these monsters are her sisters and she's been killing them. And her mother's like, why are you killing your sisters, Diana? Why are you protecting mankind? The humans did this. This is their fault. Look at what they've done to us. And Nubia shows up and she's totally mutated. She's not a monster at this point, but she's she's got these big like freaking tentacles growing. Instead of eyes, she's got these freaking tentacles that grow out of her eyes and arch back and grow back into her head. So she's like blind. And oh man, it's creepy as crap. And so she starts fighting Diana and then Cheetah shows up riding a freaking Pegasus, which used to be in Themyscira. Um, It's just freaking crazy. So Wonder Woman gets away. They fly to uh, Superman's Fortress of Solitude. She says, you know, we've, we've got to find Clark. He's still alive, right? And well, let's, let's, let's go find out. You know, last we knew he went to Fortress of Solitude and that's all, you know, I'm, I'm not really, Cheetah's like, I don't really run in those circles. So I'm, I'm not really sure. And so they go to the Fortress of Solitude and they find a robot that has like Clark's personality imprinted upon it. And 
It's one of these things that Clark had created that in the event of his death, he will be imprinted upon this robot. And that's when we find out that Superman's dead. And so she she finds Superman. He's like sitting on this big chair and he's got this, he's like got this big hole in his chest. And he's still, because he's Superman, he's not a skeleton at this point, but he doesn't look good. Well, that's when we learn that when this whole war started between man and the Amazons, Superman was taking mankind's side. But he was also trying to play the diplomat. Wonder Woman's doing the same thing. They're both trying to just get get these people to calm down. Well, then the Americans, they don't actually say it was the Americans, but you know it was the Americans because I think the president was involved. They launch all their nuclear warheads at freaking Themyscira. And they're all Wonder Woman... And all of her sisters and her mom, they're all standing there at the on the island watching these, these missiles fall, watching the bombs fall. And Diana says, there's too many. There's no, there's no way I can stop them all. And that's when her mother says, you need to take off the gauntlets. You need to be at full power. And so she does so, and she flies up there, and she takes out as many of them as she can, but she doesn't get all of them, and they destroy the island. And from what she can tell... All of her sisters and her mother die fiery deaths. And that's when Superman shows up. And she is so enraged at this point that her and Superman start throwing down. Now, Wonder Woman in the comics has always been not quite as strong as Superman, but she could hold her own against him for a, for a great long time. Well, in this world, without these gauntlets, she is, she is Superman's better and their fight is so epic and so freaking powerful. The blows and the the just everything about their fight, it, that's what causes the great fire. That's what burns the rest of the world. And at one point, they're just duking it out, and she's so just enraged. She just can't even think. She's just a monster at this point, and she puts her fist through his chest and pulls out his heart. She may have gotten a hold of a little kryptonite. I'm not sure. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But she kills Clark. And uh, Batman, oh my gosh, there's just such a good scene where Batman, uh, he he's the one that ends up sealing her up in this, in this uh, suspended animation thing. And he is so angry at her because he knows she's crossed the line. She, she you know, regardless of what happened, she, she burned, the, she caused the earth to burn. She created the dead earth and killed Superman at the same time. And while he will never be able to forgive her, he knows that he's not going to survive. Superman's obviously dead. Somebody is going to have to be there at some point to help mankind rebuild. And he knows she's the only one left to do it. And regardless of the fact that he's never going to be able, able to forgive her for what she's done, he does this for her so that maybe at some point in the future she can help out. And uh, it's at that point when she comes to terms with what happened that she realizes that she has no control over what happened back then. It happened. There's nothing she can do about it. All she can do at this point is try to make things right. And she knows the only way she can do that is by helping mankind. And that means going up against her now monstrous sisters and mother. And so there's this epic battle at the end. Uh, the Superman robots there. They the Superman robot takes them because it's basically at this point it's Diana, um, Cheetah, one of the one of the human 
survivors. Um, again, God, I can't remember their names, and that that's driving me crazy. I want to say Tal or Joe or something like that. He takes them into this room where Clark had been over the years collecting weapons from all over the universe. And so it's just this epic battle at the end. It's just so good. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but I've said many times before on the podcast, I don't like recommending books to people if I hadn't paid for them because I don't I don't want to say, hey, I read this book for free through Comixology Unlimited or through my library, and I think you should go out and buy it because I think it was really great. Well, I bought all these books. I don't buy many new books, but these were coming out, I think, bi-monthly because the first one came out in December and the last one just came out in August. And again, it was only four books, but they're like 50 pages long. They're double-sized. They're formatted differently. They're not the same shape as a comic book. They might be, I've never seen a physical one. They may be as tall as a regular comic book, but they're a little bit wider. They may even be taller. I don't know. They're, they're kind of a prestige format. They're supposed to be on better paper. I don't know. Again, I didn't, I've never seen an actual physical one. I've been reading them through Comixology, but I've been paying for them and they're like five, six bucks a pop. But they are so freaking worth it. First of all, let me just, there, again, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, because I'm going to be posting panels and whatnot from these books, because I cannot adequately describe just how wonderful Daniel Warren Johnson's art is. He has this way of drawing stuff that he, he conveys action and movement and he does this thing where if somebody's swinging a freaking sword or throwing a punch or just jumping from one tree to another where he he draws in these the the the, the lines of their arm or their body or whatever's moving he does it in such a way that it looks like it's blurring back in the day when um digital coloring first started to be a thing when everything was going digital as far as you'd scan the artwork in and you'd color it. Sometimes they would blur images to give you the sense of movement and it just looked like crap. But this isn't, he's not digitally blurring images. He's drawing that stuff in, man. He's just, I follow him on Twitter and on Instagram and every once in a while he'll post a, a commission that he's working on. And some of the ones lately have been like Star Wars and Judge Dredd. And I feel like maybe there was a Batman one or something. But at one point, I'm just like, good Lord, man, could you just draw all the comics? Could we just do that? Could we make that happen? Could we just have Daniel Warren Johnson draw all the comics? Now, I say that knowing that there are other artists out there that I love. And truly, in my heart of hearts, I don't want Daniel Warren Johnson drawing all of the comics. But I have yet since I started reading him from Murder Falcon, actually from since Extremity came out before Murder Falcon, but the first thing I've read from him was Murder Falcon. But from Extremity up to now, I have yet to see him draw anything that I didn't like. He draws a lot of wrestlers. I don't like wrestling, but he'll draw a wrestler doing a freaking body slam or throwing somebody over his shoulder, and it just looks incredible. It looks, there's just such a sense of movement that he creates. It's like this kinetic just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. If you've ever read um, any books by, uh, was it Jeff Darrow? He doesn't really quite have Jeff Darrow's style, but if if you've ever read, um, I don't, did Jeff Darrow do Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot? I think he did Shaolin Cowboy. But that dude is super, he, he puts in just 
crazy detail. You get one panel of his book and there's just all kinds of stuff going on. It's like there is there is not a a a fraction of that panel that doesn't have something in it, even if it's debris, you know? And some people do that and it just looks, this is too overwhelming. There's too much going on. But when Jeff Darrow does it and Daniel Warren Johnson does it as well, it just looks amazing. And this whole book is beautiful. Mike Spicer on colors just compliments Daniel Warren Johnson's art so well. It's no wonder that they've done so much stuff together, that they went from Extremity to Murder Falcon, now to Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do next. I remember all the way back a little over a year ago when I was talking about Murder Falcon in episode one, and then when I talked about the first trade of Extremity in a, in, a, in a later episode, and then when I talked about the second trade of Extremity in an episode after that, I kept saying, I can't wait to see what he's going to do next. And then what he did next was Wonder Woman Dead Earth. And I was just so, oh my God, I can't wait to get this. This, not only is he doing a new book, it's a freaking character that I know and that I enjoy. And it's in a world or at least a universe or at least a, 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 uh, a, a, you know, a version of a universe that I love. It's a superhero book. I can't wait to see what he does next because this, I just, I cannot do justice verbally as far as how good his art is, how much I love his art, how much his art just, it just ramps me up. It just, it's just so exciting and visceral to see the panels, the characters, they, they just all come to life right in front of you. You feel like they're moving and striking and punching and jumping. And and then yet at the same time, the quiet moments, the the freaking just the, the, the sheer drama, the quiet, heartbreaking, just drama scenes are just, he's just, he does so, he's, <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to say it. I am crushing on some Daniel Warren Johnson. I don't know what he's going to do next. I haven't seen anything from him even alluding to what he's working on next. I don't know if he's going to do another book for DC or if he's going to do a book for Marvel or if he's going to do something all his own. I know that when he did Extremity, he both Extremity and Murder Falcon, from what I've read, those came out of, even though they, you know, Extremity is set in the in, in a different world. It might be our world way in the future after an apocalypse as the, as the world has been rebuilt, or it might be on a completely different world. It's very much sci-fi fantasy type of a book. It's kind of Mad Max, sci-fi, fantasy, Star Wars type of stuff on one planet, you know? There's no space in it and whatnot. And Murder Falcon is a freaking book about, you know, on the surface, just looking down on the book, it's about a, a, a bunch of freaking monsters that come out of one dimension to feed on our fear, and the only way we can stop them is this guy who plays guitar and can just freaking shred the metal. And when he plays metal on his guitar, this freaking spirit creature named Murder Falcon comes out and just kills monsters. It is so much more deep than that. That is just, that is one small layer at the very top of that book. There are so many layers in that book. Same, and that's how it's been with freaking Extremity, with Murder Falcon, and now with this Wonder Woman Dead Earth. There are so many layers in there. But I know that, when I, I, the point I was trying to make is that with Extremity and with Murder Falcon, 
even though those don't seem like personal stories because they're very out there as far as the scope and the epicness and just the strange things that happen. From what I understand, he was working through some stuff. He wrote those books to work through some stuff that was going on in his life. So I don't know if if he will ever do another creator-owned book again. I don't know if he has to, if he has another story to tell. Um, now, granted, this this story, this Wonder Woman story was his. It was his story to tell. So I hope he does something fairly soon. But if he's if he's got any irons in the fire, he's not talking about it. But I, like I said, I follow him on Twitter. I follow him on Instagram. So I'm keeping an eye out for that guy because that fella's going places. That fella is going places. So that's Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. It was a wonderful, wonderful book. Um, was it as good as Murder Falcon? No. I don't think anything at this point that he's ever going to write will be as good, will touch me as much as Murder Falcon did. Which sounds silly, right? Listen to the title of that book, Murder Falcon. It touched me. It burrowed itself into my heart and my brain. And I just fell in love with that book. Extremity is freaking great. Wonder Woman Dead Earth is freaking great. They're just not as good as Murder Falcon. But that doesn't, that doesn't belittle how great those other stories are. They're still pretty freaking phenomenal, great, A number one, 10-star, super- incredible books. So that just tells you how much I like Murder Falcon. But yeah, I would recommend that you go out and you buy these books. Go out and buy them. I'm sure they'll collect them here fairly soon now that all four issues are done. But if you find them on the shelves, if all four issues are out there, if you go into a comic book store and you got like freaking 30 bucks to drop and you see all four issues sitting there on the shelves, buy them. Freaking pick them up. Buy them because they are great. Or get them through Comixology. If you can't find them in your store, get them through Comixology. Again, I'm sure there's going to be a trade. I'm sure there's going to be a collection. Look out for that. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't I don't really look at solicitations at this point anymore. I may look on Comixology to see what's being released next month. That's about as far ahead as I go anymore. I just, I kind of like going in on, well, now a Tuesday and a Wednesday, since DC puts their books out on Tuesday. I just like kind of going in on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and saying, hey, what's what's come out today? I don't, I used to freaking just comb through the solicitations and make lists of what I was going to get. But since I don't really buy much anymore, I buy maybe one or two, maybe three books a month now at this point. Um, but I guarantee you the next book that Daniel Warren Johnson puts out, I will be purchasing monthly. But until then, folks... I can't talk about it anymore. I can't gush over it anymore. I am so in love with this book. I'm so in love with 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 pretty much everything Daniel Warren Johnson has done since um, Extremity. I can't recommend his books anymore any more than I already have. So I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done recommending his books until I do it again later. But until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Wear a mask and all that stuff. And hey, if you get a chance, drop by. If you, if you, well, for example, if you get your episodes through Apple Podcasts, drop by the uh, drop by the page there on Apple Podcasts for just another fanboy and give us a rating. Throw a comment up there. Give us a review. If wherever you get your episodes, if there's an option there to rate and review, I would appreciate that. I would love that so much. Rate it, review it. Most places, heck, even Apple Podcasts anymore, you don't have to actually put any text in there. You just have to rate it. You have to give it however many stars out of however many stars. 
If you've got that option, wherever you're at, wherever you're picking up your podcasts and you listen to this show, please, it's a huge help for me if you just pop some stars in there. The more ratings I get, the higher in the rankings I'll go. And that would mean the world to me. But until then, I'm out. Bye. See you later. And all that and then something. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Good job. Ooh.